Scene 25 Setting Golgotha John chapter 19 verses 28 to 30 I am thirsty. I am thirsty. When I spoke these words, there is no way I could describe the complete lack of hydration that I felt in my body. Here I was, the living water, who came to give life to the world, and I could not feel an ounce of liquid to quench the burning fire in my mouth, my tongue, nor my lungs. My body's fluids were at a level where most people would have already been dead. The fluid levels around my heart were at a point of panic. I was close to having a heart attack. The announcement of my thirst to the crowd was not to receive the sour wine that the soldier offered me. Whether he was moved with compassion or mockery, no. The drink was not to quench my thirst. I said these words to express the finality of the separation between myself and the Father at that point. Being God and man, I had never once mentioned my needs during my ministry on earth. I did not mention them when I was a boy either. I had no need to. My mother attended to my every need, and I was an obedient child with no need to be punished. My earthly father, Joseph treated me fairly, with compassion, and provided for me. My Father in Heaven looked out for me spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. I had only thought of others during the time of my anointed journey on earth. I had no place to lay my head. I possessed no earthly possessions. I did not own a house or acquire livestock. I did not live to achieve a goal of affluence. I had one mission, to walk on the earth, to feel what my created beings felt, to join them in their arduous journey, to experience their pain, and to take their sins on my back, to drink the cup of my father's will, and to die on the cross of my father's choice. Today I thirst. But tomorrow, people will drink of me, the Mayim Haim, the living water. I recalled again when I stood up before the people in the temple on the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, which is an eight-day festival. The first and the eighth days are special days of rest, set apart from the others. The seventh day is known as Hoshana Rabbah, the great day. During this day, there is a water ceremony. The worshippers and flutists led by the priest visit the pool of Siloam, the same pool where I had put clay in the blind man's eyes, told him to wash in the pool, and his sight was restored. At the water ceremony of Sukkot, the priest carries two golden pitchers. One is filled with wine. The other one he dips into the pool and fills with water. A trumpet sounds as they return through the water gate to the temple. Here the priest approaches two silver basins. He pours the wine as a drink offering to the Lord into one, 
and the water from the pool and to the other. This joyful ceremony is to thank God for His bounty and to ask Him to provide rain for another year of crops. It was at this festival I arose in the crowd of my peers only three years ago. People I had grown up with, people I had had fellowship with in the temple since my youth. I had proclaimed the opposite of what I cried out today. I said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, his inner being, his heart will flow rivers of living water. John chapter 7, verse 37. The Maim Haim, me, the Messiah, the one for whom they had been waiting, standing in the middle of the festival, stretched out my arms to the people to welcome me as their Messiah. The image of me stretching out my hands nailed to a cross displayed a stark contrast to that day. The symbols of the festival are water and light. Later I proclaimed, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will never walk in darkness but have the light of life. John chapter 8 verse 12 the temple was filled with candles during the feast. The sky over Jerusalem glowed from these golden lamps shining from the temple set on a hill. In addition to the light, Levitical musicians played their harps, lyres, cymbals, and trumpets to make joyful music to the Lord. What a glorious celebration! The light was to remind the people of how God's Shekinah glory had once filled his temple the same glory which now shone in me. It was in the court of women just after the feast, standing next to those magnificent candelabras, that I declared I was the light of the world. How different I appeared today, with the dismal tenebrosity that draped the sky, framing me in a shroud of gloom. I did not look like the saviour of the world. Yet it is in this act as my heart is breaking in two, I am pouring out my water, and with it my blood, fulfilling the two golden pitchers of Sukkot. My life is an eternal flame that cannot be put out. One day, when there will be no more sun, there will be no need for the sun. I will be the light of New Jerusalem. As I thirst, I remain focused on those who believe in me and never thirst again. I will not be with you much longer in my flesh, because of the physiological events of my body putting strain upon my heart. My heart is breaking. The bursting of my heart will be the symbol of a God who loved the world so much that he gave his only Son. Even as I open this door to eternal life, I am sad to leave my followers, my mother, and my friends. It grieves me so that I cannot be with them any more in my body. But I go to another place, and I will receive them again with me. But more importantly, I will be with them always in the Spirit. Conquering death on the cross, I am completely victorious over the enemies of their soul and of yours. Darkness has no more power over my people. 
The people who call upon my name will be freed forever. The truth will set them free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. John chapter 8 verse 36 When you feel tormented by Satan, when he and his deceitful fallen angels are lying to you, causing you to feel insane, confused, or afraid, you will know that I have overcome them. Today the head of the lying serpent is crushed forever. In my death is the glory, the power, and the kingdom forever. As I finished the work on the cross, I was thinking of you, as I am thinking of you now. Cardiac rupture is upon me now. At three in the afternoon, I shouted with a cry that came from deep within my bowels. Tetelastai, it is finished. The questions that had swirled around my head. Maybe we expected too much out of humankind. Are we at fault? Is the God who created the heavens and the earth at fault for creating human beings to have fellowship with, meanwhile giving them a free will to choose? Even in creation, knowing there would be evil on the earth, we created the way out of the circle of sin. Can you find any fault with God's perfect plan and in the perfect unblemished Lamb of God? We thought that with the ethereal world we created, and with the perfect beauty in which we created it, humankind would be happy and good forever. These questions I had were nailed to the cross with me. I was the answer. Sadness. Sadness was nailed to me on the cross. Sin. Sin was nailed to me on the cross. Death. Death was nailed to me on the cross. Every fear, hurt, grief, sickness, sin, or death was nailed to me. When you are in your worst hour of catastrophe, when you face fear, grief, sickness, and death, I am with you, for I was thinking of you as I am thinking of you now. As I cried out with the voice of many waters, the earth began to quake. The shaking of the earth was nothing compared to the shaking of my eternal and final work in breaking my heart to become the temple of God. The souls who call on me, freed for now and eternity, I could hear in my spirit. I could hear them rejoicing with hope as the thick veil that separated them from intimate fellowship with God ripped open like the day the waters parted in two at the Red Sea. When the children of Israel, once slaves were freed, passed out of Egypt, walked on dry ground through the sea to the promised land, the waters stood still at the command of Yahweh. Today, the Holy of Holies was accessible to anyone who receives his plan of salvation. No more separation from God. Here on the fourteenth day of Nisan, I, the unblemished lamb, was slaughtered. 
my blood now poured over the doors of the hearts of those who believe in me will be the exodus from the bondage of sin to the promised land of peace and rest. When God required a perfect sacrifice, the rows of priests with gold or silver cups in their hands stood in line from the temple courts to the altar where the blood was sprinkled. These cups were rounded on the bottom so that they could not be set down, for if they did, the blood might coagulate. The priest caught the blood as it dropped from the lamb, then handed the cup to the priest next to him, receiving from him an empty one. The cup was passed along the line until it reached the last priest, who sprinkled its contents on the altar. As the sacrificial lamb, my heart ripped apart, opened the door into the inner room called the Holy of Holies, the most sacred room where no ordinary person could enter. The veil, a divider that hid the glory of God from man, which separated sinful humanity from the presence of God, ripped from top to bottom was made of fine linen with blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. Intricately embroidered onto the veil were figures of cherubim, the angels who were spoken of by Ezekiel, with eyes all around, with the head of a man, a lion, an eagle, and a cherub. The cherubim who served God surround him night and day and guard the throne of God. Before this moment, only the high priest, God's chosen mediator, could pass through the veil one day a year on the Day of Atonement. Even this priest had to make meticulous preparations to enter the Holy of Holies. He had to wash himself, put on special clothing, prepare burning incense which he brought before him as a smoke cover to shield his eyes from a direct view of God. And most importantly, he had to bring a perfect blood sacrifice. As the earth rumbled, the hand of Yahweh himself seized the veil sixty feet high, thirty feet wide, and four inches thick, and tore it from top to bottom. My work on the cross was complete. My father had accepted my obedient and perfect sacrifice. As the veil split, the earth quaked, rocks split in two, and tombs were opened. I conquered death. Death had no sting. My death came by my hand, by my will, by my plan, by my surrendering of my power, by my last and final breath, given up of my own free will. The ultimate offering had been sacrificed. I had tasted death for all men, women, and children. Therefore, have confidence. You can enter the most holy place of Yahweh by my blood. You can draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance of faith. For I was thinking of you as I am thinking of you now. My last thought was of you as I cried with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When the centurion and those who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely 
he was the Son of God. The centurion glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. All the people that came together to watch the crucifixion, having seen these things, smote their breasts. Matthew chapter 27 verse 54